Hey, welcome everybody to the Kapow Radio Show. Kapow stands for Kingdom Against Powers of Wickedness. And we here have always been dedicated to exposing your enemy of your soul and of your life and of your humanity. That is that evil one, that fallen angel, Lucifer, his demonic forces and other fallen angels and oligarchs that work through naive humans, blind humans, and willfully God-rebelling humans. So while we're down here in this prison planet, while we're down here in this probationary period, one thing we need to do, the only thing we need to do, is recognize Yahweh, the Creator God, the only God, the Mighty God, as our supreme deity and sovereign, and order our lives according to His will and purpose. Amen. That's the only thing. He has supplied for us a way out of here. He has supplied a final sacrifice, not of bulls and goats and the blood of animals, but of his precious divine nature, his son, God himself, the God man, Jesus Christ, who sacrificed for our sins and resurrected so that we could have eternal life. So there's a a time appointed for us to die. And when that time comes, That time will come and we'll be forever in eternity with our Father God. And the tears of this life, the pain of this life, and the struggles here will be over. So we can do whatever we want down here, try to stay in good health, which is advisable. And, um, you know, live physically the best you can so you don't get sick and things like that. But when it's your time to go, it's your time to go. And there's nothing you're going to be able to do about that, nor should you want to do anything about it because your hope and your joy is in Yahweh, the father. If you have problems with leaving this world, then you're too attached to it. And because of your attachment to this world, you're going to have issues and struggles down here that as a Christian, uh, you really shouldn't have. You shouldn't be attached. So today It's the first show that I'm doing in the new year of 2022. Interesting how the new year rolls over and so many people think it's uh, magical. (laughs) We turn the page of a calendar and it's brand new. We're going to brand new day and we're going to, uh, you know, be much better. Well, we're not. And things will remain the same and get worse because we're on that path. We're on that path of destruction. We're on that path of darkness society, global society as a whole, not just here in America, but as a whole global society has been um, God hating and has rejected the almighty God uh, in general, in their politics and in their religions and their banking and their financial institutions in their educational institutions and in the family and in the home. God is is absent, the real seeking of God, the real fear of God, the real love of God, because it's impossible for mankind, it's impossible for any human to wake up one day and go, hey, I think I'm going to serve God, because we are enemies with God. There's an enmity, there's an enmity there, uh, and we're um, at an adversarial relationship with Father God because of our fallen natures. So the only way 
that you can wake up one day and go, I want to serve Yahweh. I want to know more about him. I want to recognize him as the sovereign control over my, my life. And the only way you can do that is if your nature, your spirit is changed and quickened to thus do so. He has to give you that gift of faith in order to even spark that. You just can't do that on your own. There's, um, there's no way any human at any level could understand the benefit of eternal life or the benefit of serving God as a sovereign in his regular human state. You just don't have that kind of knowledge, um, nor do you want that kind of knowledge, nor is it something that you would seek, but you wouldn't understand the spiritual things of God are not understood by the carnal man. And it's impossible uh, for, uh, you know, a 10 year old kid to wake up one day and go, Hey, I think I'm going to serve God. A 10 year old kid wakes up one day and says, I'm going to follow God. Not, he doesn't understand theology. He's, he's, he's never been through seminary. He's never even read the word, you know, he's in a Sunday school class or something, or his parents or his grandma. He said, I'm going to follow God. It's because the Lord has quickened his spirit, whether he's 10 years old or whether he's 70 years old, it don't matter who that person is male or female, what age, it don't matter, the quickening of the spirit. And that's that's a gift of God. But the one thing in this new year, I would stress to Kapow Radio Show listeners on this podcast is to seek God in his deity, seek God in his sovereignty. That's the one thing I learned over the last year of 2021 and 2020, right? Because in 2019, I went through my own pre-hell before the world went through hell. Before COVID hit the world, I went through my own pre-hell in 2019 uh, in a very, very dark world. So when COVID hit and the rest of the world went to crap, right, it's not a big thing for me because I'd already been through my own personal one. And I already knew who my, who, who my uh, hope was in and who I trusted in, and that was Yahweh, the Father, and that I was redeemed through him through his son, Jesus Christ. And it's not a religion and it's not church. It's absolutely not a Christian religion. Absolutely. It is a relationship, but that relationship is built on the revelation of God. And God reveals himself through his scripture, through his ancient scriptures. That's how God chose to reveal himself to the ancient nation of Israel. So when you look at the 66 Bibles, the 66 books of the Bible, from Old and New Testament, and you will see over and over again the pattern of God's sovereignty. God is the sovereign. He is the only king. He is king. He's supreme king. And once a person, once you recognize that, once you submit your life to that, and you understand that everything's in his hand, even if it seems bad to you at the time, and that all things do work for the good, uh, for God's purpose, right? It's going to work to good for you at the end, because if you're called according to his purpose, he's the king. He knows all. He's the sovereign. Once you get that in your head and you wrap your spirit around that, things of this world, uh, they do grow strangely dim. They don't mean as much. You're not worldly. You're not attached to the worldly things and what the world has to offer. When I say the world, the cosmology of our society, that's run by the fallen one, run by Lucifer, his fallen angels, demonic forces, and every human that has sold their soul to that, whether it be entertainers or politicians or media people. The thing is, we are called to be separated. We're a separate holy people. We're a, a, a nation of, of priests unto God. 
The only way that's going to happen is when you recognize the the sovereignty of God. In 2022, I'm going to stress over and over again on these shows, the sovereignty of God. When, When we go through a scripture or we talk about something, no matter, even if we talk about the news or how bad things are, you have to see the sovereignty of God and you have to, you, your takeaway He's like, what what do I take away from this? What's my view of God that I took away from this? And I want the takeaway to be, I see God as ultimate ruler of everything, especially my life. That he holds the very breath, your very next heartbeat, the very next word out of my mouth is held in his hand. It, It may or may not come out, depending on the sovereignty of God. You get to a point of total dependence like that, you strip yourself of the religious nature. You could then go to a church out of your relationship with God. You could then serve in a church or serve with other believers out of your relationship with God. You can then serve your community uh, in various ways out of the relationship with God. But if you put that religion before your relationship with God and the sovereignness of God in your own life, you are just practicing an empty religion like any other empty religion. And you could call it Christianity, but it's an empty religion without the sovereignty of God ruling in your life. Okay. So this is something we do once we're regenerated in our spirit. Uh, Natural man cannot do this. Natural man cannot seek the true uh, God. He's at, uh, he's an enemy with God until he's reconciled. But you, if you're listening to my voice, I have to assume that you are born again. I have to assume that you are listening because uh, you are a God follower and you do want to know more about the Lord and scripture and that you're not a God hater or why would you be here? So I'm, I'm making a big assumption there. And so today I want to talk about our willingness in our, in our heart. And the difference here, the, the, the difference is, is that no one's beating in, in this scripture, no one's beating Israel or anybody over the head to give, uh, to, to give now at the end of the year here, it was funny because, um, everybody's asking for money, right? And the ministries I listen to and the ministries I've even, I even support and give money to throughout the year. I uh, had a huge, huge money push at the end of the year. And because um, here in America, they still, they still try to tell you that it's tax deductible. And it only is if you itemize. If if you take the short form, when Donald Trump came and he cleaned all the taxes up, right, and created the short form, uh, you don't deduct off the short form. And so all your charitable deductions uh, are, aren't going to meet that criteria. Anyway, they don't tell you that. And uh, so anyway, the uh, end of the year is a big push for giving, giving, giving and do the Lord's work and blah, blah, blah. And, and that's fine and dandy. But, um, you know, God gives the increase and begging and cajoling people uh, worse yet, making them feel guilty is not uh, biblical and it's not appropriate. And I'm sure, uh, you know, if you went to church uh, this uh, at the end of the year, you heard a lot of stuff about giving at the last moment to to keep the work up and, you know, paying salaries and whatnot and blah, blah, blah. And that's fine, but you should give out of the willingness of your heart. And that's something that your spirit rises up to do. If you can't give uh, for whatever reason, financial reason you can't give, or you don't have uh, that uh, those skills to give or that time to give or whatever, by all means don't, because there's other ways, many, many ways to serve the Lord without physical uh, giving or even time you can always pray you always have time to pray you know so 
listen, let's go to Exodus 35. And it's something that uh, I was listening to and reading the other day. And I think it was kind of cool. I was, I'm doing something weird. I'm, I do this now and then I take a book of the Bible. I'm doing this with Exodus and I listen to it backwards. Um, another, what I mean backwards, I mean from the end to the beginning. And it's amazing because you kind of like, you see like the end picture of things. And then as the chapters are read backwards, then you see the beginning, but you've already been to where it's going. So it's, it's kind of an interesting thing I do sometimes uh, just to get out of the chronological mentality of everything. So this is one of the things that popped up that uh, really struck my interest. It's in Exodus 35, and it is after this. This occasion is after Israel's already kind of already been re- in rebellion and already complaining about no water and no meat, and no food. And, you know, just being pissy about, you know, getting removed out of Egypt and stuff and. And, you know, of course, their faith was was being built and it was a, it was a big thing for them to uh, to serve this deity, to to uh, serve the God of their uh, of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, who they never really knew and to trust in him. And, of course, in Moses, God's appointed leader. So this is a point where Moses then speaks into the whole congregation of Israel in, in verse four. And they're talking about building a the. Um, tabernacle of meeting, you know, the tent where God's presence was going to be. And here's what, here's what I want to get. Here's what I want to point out the willingness of heart in these scriptures. So Moses is telling them, he says, take uh, from among you an offering unto the Lord, right? You're going to give something to, to Yahweh, to the Yahweh, to the eternal God. And he says, whosoever is of a willing heart, let him bring an offering to the Yahweh, gold and silver and brass. So the term here, willing heart, is just that. It is voluntary, generous. It is liberal or free. It's willing hearted. Uh, Heart is just that. It means your feelings, your emotions. So what Moses is saying, if you have a willing heart, if you want to freely give, then bring it to the Lord. What I want to point out here is Moses never says that if you don't give to the Lord with a willing heart, bad things are going to happen to you. There's no punishment in these uh, verses. There's absolutely no um, consequence, at least written down here, for not giving with a willing heart. Because it's written written in here this way, I have to assume that there's an opposite. I mean, it, it doesn't it doesn't say God commanded you to bring stuff. Just He just commanded you. He says have a willing heart, which which makes me think that there could could have been, and I don't know. But there could have been people in Israel at that time who did not have a willing heart for various reasons. Maybe they didn't have the gold, the silver, or the brass, or maybe they didn't have the skills uh, to make something for the temple. Maybe they didn't have the physical, maybe they had no hands, no fingers. Um, maybe they got gored by an ox and they couldn't think maybe they're, um, you know, mentally incapacitated or too old. Yeah. But there's a lot of reasons they may not have had a willing heart. Uh, it doesn't mean that they, they wouldn't have done it had they don't have it, but they don't have it. I'm just, it's speculation. I'm just saying that there's no punishment for not, for, for not doing this. It's whosoever has a willing heart. I think the importance of this is that we understand our deity and we understand our own heart. How willing is our heart in serving him and having him Lord of our lives, right? And so 
he goes on, Moses goes on in verse six, and he talks about all these different things. You know, the the, the linen, the ramskins, the oil, um, the stones for the breastplate, everything. So I'm not going to read all that, but we go to verse 10, and it says, and every wise-hearted, every wise-hearted, in other words, everybody with the spirit that has wisdom, that is skillful and cunning and, and has some intelligence among them, it says, you shall come and make all that the Lord hath commanded. So once they get all these uh, precious items donated for the tabernacle, there are people that that have the skills that are commanded to come in and make these things. And uh, that's the tabernacle, God's tent, his covering, everything, pillar sockets. And those they talk about the ark, they talk about the table, the incense, the candlestick, the altar burnt offerings, the hangings, the pins, the cloths, over and over again. Now we go to verse 20 and it says, and all the congregation of the children of Israel departed from the presence of Moses. So everybody there will listen to this. And then it says, and they came everyone whose heart stirred him up. Well, that kind of, to me, it just seems that there may have been people there whose heart wasn't stirred up. And so they didn't come and bring anything, but there's no punishment to them for that. Their heart wasn't stirred up to do that particular thing. Okay. We could probably also read it that we're sure 100% of the Israelites hearts were stirred up and that's glorious, whatever. But we don't know that for sure anymore than we know that there wasn't people stirred up. We, we don't know that. Either way, but it's put in here like there's an opposite. And it says, and they came, everyone, not just everyone, but everyone, and it's qualified, because those people that came, whose heart stirred them up. And then it says, and everyone whom his spirit, and there are two different words here, made willing. So the heart stirred them up, right? Their feelings, their intellect, their uh, emotions and stuff stirred them up the word is nasa or nasa and um it 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 means to bring forth to bear um it literally or you know figuratively uh to you know yield right so it's it's their their emotions brought to bear then everyone whose spirit that's a ruha their spirit their breath inside them the spirit, their spirit made them willing or generous or spontaneous, right? Willing to give, to volunteer. So as you can see here in verse 21, there are people whose heart stirred them up like, huh? And at the same time, their spirit made them willing. So there was no conflict here. Like, I, I know I'm out of work. I just don't have the money. I got to pay my bills. Um, you know, I, you know, the pastor's talking about 10% and I can't even, I, I don't have 10% left over to, you know, keep the lights on, you know? And so that's not a willing spirit. If somebody's cajoling you to give, uh, to their organization, the religious organization, and you feel cajoled or pressured to do it, that's not a willing spirit. Your spirit has not made you willing, uh, because you're questioning, you know, like, I can't do that. You know, this is a deal where these people, their heart stirred them up and every spirit made them willing. It, it wasn't a matter of, can I give this up? Can I? It was just like, yeah, I'm giving this up to the deity, to, the, to my sovereign. And they brought Yahweh's offering to the work of the tabernacle of the congregation. 
and for all his service service and for the holy garments that they were going to make for the priesthood. So this is a whole uh, heart attitude, but I want you to understand that it wasn't them who convinced themselves, or this is the best, we got to do this because we got to reach, we got to send, you know, Reformation Bibles to Africa. So we need, we need people to donate money to us so we can send Reformation Bibles to Africa. Well, you know, you can send any Bible to Africa. You can send just a plain old King James Version Bible, you know, probably a $3 book um, in mass, published in mass to Africa rather than the $70 Reformation Bible. Um, see, you know, you asked me to do that and my heart's not willing to do that because I'm questioning it. I mean, why do we need to spend this kind of money on your organization to send your particular Bible? Why can't we send any Bible word of God? I'm just using that as an example that your heart has to be, your spirit has to make you willing. You see, when you have that, when you have that, then you're going to serve your deity no matter what, what, what he asked of you. And, and no matter what you have to go through, even in, in suffering, though it's not it's never easy it's always very 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 difficult very dark uh, but afterwards you can talk to to many people who've gone through very dark times and they'll say god god is good god brought me through and now i can see had i not done that i never would have come to those conclusions on my own on who, who yahweh is and verse 22 it says and they came both men and women it's an interesting Hebrew word there because the, the word buff, both means above. So they came like above men and women, like the women came first, as many as were willing hearted. Here we go again. This is the third time this phrase is used. And, you know, you know, through your Bible study, if it's used once, you pay attention. If used twice, you really pay attention. If used three times, God's kicking you in the face to pay attention. This is the third time it says as many as were willing hearted or something to that effect. It talks about their heart being willing to do this. I don't think God wants your your stuff. <laughs> he doesn't want you to build his temple if, if you're not willing to do that. Uh, because it's a condition of the heart. It's it's a relationship with him. It's not about the religion or the tabernacle itself. It's about the condition of your heart. And it says that many, the women were willing hearted and they brought bracelets and earrings, rings and tablets, jewels, gold. And then every man, um, every man is just basically <clears throat> almost, you know, a man is an individual male person uh, that offered they had an offering of gold unto the Lord. So it's almost like the women started like, yeah, here, here, here. And then the men go, yeah, I got some gold. I got some stuff. And in verse 23, and every man, every man, again, every male, uh, with whom was found blue and purple and scarlet, fine linen, goat's hair, redskins, rams, badger skins, they brought them. Every one that did offer an offering of silver and brass brought to the Lord's offering and every man with whom was found shit of wood for any work of a service. So you had wood, you had gold, whatever you had that was of, of value uh, for the purpose of building this tabernacle and setting up the priesthood according to God's commands. Um, and, and remember this this wasn't something that they, they did initially just coming out of Egypt. This is after, this is verse, this is chapter 35. This is after they gone through a lot of rebellion already. A lot of, you know, where's the meat? 
Where's the water? Where's the beef? Why'd you bring us out here to die? Wasn't there enough graves in Egypt? And there's there's a lot of murmuring and doubting and stiff necked, you know, issues by the time we get to this point. But after, um, you know, they had some problems and, and problems with their deity and recognizing the sovereignty and stuff. This is where they end up in this chapter here with a willing heart. And now check this out. In verse 25, it says, and all the women that were wise hearted, they were intelligent, they had skill, they spun, they did spin with their hands and they brought that which they did. So they made with their hands, blue, purple, scarlet, fine linen, they made stuff. Um, and it wasn't just anything, it was stuff they were skilled at doing. They had a wisdom and here it is again. Here's the fourth time And all the women whose heart stirred them up in wisdom spun goats in here so that that tells me that there were some females there whose heart wasn't stirred up in wisdom maybe they didn't have the skills like i said maybe they didn't have uh hands uh, maybe they didn't have the mental uh capacity maybe they didn't have the energy uh, you know maybe they were poor you know i don't know it's all speculation but it sounds like there were some that heart some hearts weren't stirred up and it's okay. There's nothing in here about and then God sent fire down on those who wouldn't willingly give to him and whacked them. And that's just not the way it is. Um, you know, the bottom line is, is God did so love the world, the cosmos. He did so love us in here that he absolutely gave uh, his his only begotten son, the only time he would be got in human form for mankind as a final propitiation, as a final sacrifice and atonement for our sins so that we could be forever with him and reconciled. Um, he's not about a God of, oh, you're not willingly to do this. I'm going to whack you. Uh, it's, it's, it's a heart condition. And I want to stress that so much in 2022. Let's recognize God who he is in our lives and then the rulers now here's the rulers brought stones onk stones and uh stuff to be set in the breastplate and spice and oil and incense and all that stuff now look at here here's verse 29 this is like the fifth time this is said folks it's like important today that you understand this this is the fifth time verse 29 children of israel brought guess what guess what a willing offering A willing offering, a, a a spontaneous, abundant, free offering unto the Yahweh, unto the self-existent, eternal God. Every man, and guess what? And woman. Now, this is the sixth time. I want you to stand up and take notice. Every man and woman, and it's not a period. It says every man and woman, and it's qualified whose heart made them willing to bring all or for all manner of work. So there are people, there has to be people whose heart was, did not make them willing to do this for whatever reasons. I mean, it could be a reason where they, somebody says, I'm not doing this. I should have stayed in Egypt. This is crazy. I'm not quite convinced of this Moses character, what he's saying, and I want to keep my gold. There could be those. We don't know. That's not what God thought was important to focus on. 
what he what he wants us to focus on is that your heart, every man and woman whose heart made them willing to bring for all manner of work, which the Lord had commanded to be made by the hand of Moses. All right. So that's <laughs> she's six times. Uh, you know, do I need to beat the, the, the dead horse anymore? Six times. Let's let's take this from from the scripture today. Let's take this. Let's let's examine our hearts. Let's examine our spirits. Uh, are they made willing to serve our deity? Okay, in whatever capacity that might be. It, there, there's a lot, a lot of ways God may call you to serve Him that are unorthodox to what you think or what the church or what your pastors or what these religious leaders are telling you you need to do. You go to a church, they want you to either run the sound system or be a deacon or pass out bulletins or make coffee or whatever. There are so many ways to serve God that God says, I need you to do this to be to represent me on earth. I want you to go to your neighbor and I want you to take in his trash barrel. I want you to wrap up his hose because he's gone. I want you to buy a file. I want whatever that is put in your heart willingly to do in the service of God. Don't discount that willingly. Willingly, the New Testament standard for giving in church is to give with a cheerful heart. That's what Paul writes. Now, you know, those people taking up, you know, money offerings and pledges and demanding that you give 10% to the church because they think the church is God's tabernacle. <laughs> they think they're the priesthood. You know, and they misquote Malachi, you know, 3.8, not realizing that. God is talking to the priest in Malachi, not the people, the priest. The priests are the ones that weren't tithing to God. Yeah, under the law. So these money preachers, even if they do it ignorantly, and I don't know how you can really follow Christ and, and be that ignorant in financial matters, but they will twist those scriptures to cajole people to give to their organization, to their church. Uh, that's not what God's about. It's a heart could do. What do you want to give to Yahweh today in your life? What is he stirring in your heart to do? Then do it and live happy, live joyous, okay? Live in him in this fallen world because you will be redeemed. There's appointed time for you to die and that could be in the next five minutes or it could be in the next five years or next 50 years but you will die. And what happens afterwards is the only thing that matters. So doing the work down here, doing the willingness down here, having the relationship with your sovereign king down here is the only thing that's important. There's nothing else important. Everything of this world is not important. The only thing that's important is your deity, Yahweh, the creator God. All right. This is Paul Kapow on the Kapow Radio Show. Kingdom Against Powers of Wickedness. You get a chance, go to Amazon.com, check out some of the books we've written, Demons and My Marriage Bed by my wife and I, where we 
talk about the attack of the enemy on our marriage and on our lives. It's not just for married couples, it's for everybody. And we give you a training manual on how to recognize the enemy and how to deal with that fallen angel and his demons and his cohorts. And the difference between really being oppressed and attacked by Satan and your flesh just, you know, having its way. Because that's a struggle that we all have to deal with every day. The flesh and who are we going to, you know, will to our deity or to our flesh. And sometimes that's a real struggle. It's a real struggle. So check that out. I'm also, uh, I have a blues band, Mesquite Cafe Blues Band. And uh, we have, I have music everywhere. Spotify, iTunes, uh, YouTube. Just go to Mesquite Cafe, Mesquite Cafe Blues Band. But I primarily make my money from performing live. So uh, Linda and I perform live with our um little little group and uh we play all around here and that's what we do but i'm working on another album right now and putting that out and that's just something you know that a door that the lord opened up you know for us to you know help people ease their their misery here through some some entertainment and some music and um god-given talents and skills that uh, we're fortunate to to be blessed with by my father god so I urge you to go to fifthhookmedia.com if you get a chance and you can look at stuff there and look at the books, look at some of the records. You can watch all the videos and, um, you know, you got that there. All right. So God bless you. We'll talk to you uh, next time as the Lord leads. Uh, Brother Kapow signing off. We'll talk to you later.